Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom Hello, women. I've got a great episode for you today. I am bringing you the bright and oh-so-charming Bibi, once medical midwife turned free birther and now holistic midwife. I love when that happens. Before we get started, I am wanting to remind you about our retreat this spring with elder midwife Sister Morningstar and myself. I'm calling it Midwife Within, not because it's for midwives, it's really for any and all interested women, but because I understand that for most of us, maybe all of us, there is a midwife within, a maternal caretaker that aches to know the ways of the village midwife. I've dreamed of offering this retreat for a long time, so I'm really excited to open it up to you, to host you on my land and to take you through what will be a truly magical five days. I mean, a village prenatal on Mother's Day with sister herself. Come on. You can register at matriarchrisingfestival.com slash midwifewithin, and you can always email us with any questions you have at info at freebirthsociety.com. Okay, so Bibi became a licensed medical midwife at 19. She had never heard of free birth, but when she became pregnant with her own child, it was an obvious no that she would expose herself and her baby to, well, where she worked. This is an important story. Enjoy. Bibi, welcome to the show. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be more interesting than I even realized. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) Okay, let's get right into it. So all I know, um, all I know is that you are a registered midwife in Australia. You have three babies. Uh, One is a set of twins. You free birthed all of them. So there just feels like so much ground for us to cover here. So why don't you just start wherever you want? You know, which comes first, the midwifery, the medical midwifery or the baby? And -hmm. just take it away. Tell us who you are as you get pregnant with that first. Yeah, absolutely. So I did my studies in midwifery when I was 19 years old. And uh, yeah, in Italy. Then I came to Australia. I did uni again, and then I started working in the system. I, when I fall pregnant with my first baby, that was two in 2018. 
I was working um, in Queensland. I was building um, refugee clinics. So for women that were coming from refugee countries, we were doing continuity of care. So they will have same midwives from six weeks up and um, from 12 weeks up until six weeks. And that's when I fell pregnant with my first baby. Um, it was a very interesting time of um, my life because I started to notice that was my first time being with the woman for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I've always been part of the fragmented care at the hospital yeah. and that was normal to me. First time being involved in continuity of care and it was very exciting because I was seeing how women actually had positive birth, positive mm-hmm. breastfeeding, Everything was so normal and so perfect. And so I thought to myself, well, that is what I want as well for my pregnancy, birth, and, you know, breastfeeding. So when I was pregnant, I decided that I wanted a private midwife because my idea was to have a home birth. Mm -hmm. Because as a midwife, I've seen it all at the hospital. And for me, it was not going to be my safe um, place. As we say to women, you should birth where you feel safe. The hospital was not going to feel safe to me as a black woman, as a midwife, as the person that I was. So I want to. Do you mind pausing there for a second? And I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, from this really inside perspective of you working in the system. Mm -hmm. That's so profound that you, through your profession, come to realize that the hospital will not be safe for you and your baby. Can you articulate how you came to know that? Yeah. So I think like what refugee women taught me, and I feel like everything was just like all this story. It was just all so meant to be for me to be here in this moment, you know, because when I took the job with refugee women, I knew nothing. Like Mm. I was just a baby. I knew nothing, you know, and they just said to me like, oh, baby, it's fine. We just have babies. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? They're like, no, it's just normal, you know, because they are coming from countries where it's either you get that baby out vaginally or you get it out vaginally. Mm -hmm. The end. Mm -hmm. So when they came to Australia, it was just the same. So whenever they call me, you know, they're like, okay, we're ready to have a baby. I'll get into the hospital and off you go, baby. There's no label, there's nothing, baby. I was like, wow, like, what is this, you know? And I just learned that from them, that label and birth actually can be easy if we just let them be. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, I just want to let, I just want to be let be, you know? I don't want people to touch me or just come into my environment. I just wanted to just have my birth as I wanted at home, in disturbed, and that was it. That was my dream. So you just, you came to understand that as you learned trust in birth, Mm -hmm. you came to understand that couldn't unfold that way in the hospital. No. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that sounds like- No, not for me. Not for me, because for me, it's like, when I go into the hospital, because I worked there, I was working there, I could anticipate any everything. Of and course. so that would have put some le- somewhat a level of higher anxiety for me. 
because I see a trolley, I know you're gonna you want to put an IV in me. Of you course. know, so <laughs> so it's like I see the future when I go in. So for me, I was like, no, I could not have. I mean, you just you just know the truth. Yeah, it's just you understand how it works. It's interesting yeah. because I I think the vast majority of women mothers who work in labor and delivery and postpartum, you know, they're such a deep part of the cult that they 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 submit themselves to go through the assembly line as a part of fitting in to the culture in which they work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty like it's pretty not acceptable in a lot of yeah. hospital culture I've been exposed to to not go through Yeah, so anyway, I appreciate that. Yeah, it can be intense. <laughs> So you come to realize birth works, F the hospital, uh-huh. I want a private midwife. What happens yeah. next? Well, I hired a private midwife thinking this is the best thing that I could do. Supporting a colleague, having my private midwife. And then around 20 weeks, I had my morphology scan. During this morphology scan, they found out that I had three fibromas, about five centimeters each. In Australia, when you do have a private midwife that has got hospital rights, every month they do a case study. So they have to show the women that they are going to attend the home birth. So my private midwife is showing my case with my three fibromas and the obstetrician at the hospital because she's got rights at the hospital in case, you know, she has to go in. It just means she doesn't lose the care of the patient, of the woman. So the obstetrician said, well, she can't birth at home. She's going to hemorrhage, she can die, and oh, yada, 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 you know the story. So she came to me and she said, well, you can't birth at home. So <laughs> It's interesting how, how the system uses the, intentionally uses the opposite word, like a private midwife right? And in England, independent midwives are not that at all. Like there's nothing private about what you just described because private leads us to believe that this woman works for you. Yeah. (laughs) It's so tricky. Yes. So that day for me was the end of the world. I started crying so much. My eyes were coming out of (sighs) my face. I was driving home, got home, couldn't see the road, had a little accident in my garage. I was desperate. Almost had a panic attack, laying on the floor, being like, this is the end of the world. So my husband was really gentle with me. I'm like a bit you know, dramatic, of course. So he held space for me. And at one point, I don't know where, out of the blue, I was like, what if I just do it by myself? Yeah. You know? And so I fired the midwife. I was like, you're fired. I don't need you, you know, because I want to have a home birth. And then I started Googling. And then you came up. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so the previous society came up and I think maybe there was like a Facebook group could be a 2018 2018 something like yeah that. that was before all the drama 
yeah yeah so yeah so i started uh, researching i'm like what what is this free bird i'm like <laughs> so keep in mind that is like beginning of 219 yeah i have been a midwife for 10 years oh my god no idea about free birth no idea that women could consciously you know choose to just birth at home without a midwife right and i'm like what <laughs> wow and that's when i decided that i was going to free birth mm-hmm. with my first son and so, so that that's the second half of your pregnancy that all of mm -hmm. this is coming into mm -hmm. view for you so yeah mm -hmm. just tell keep telling us the story what happens next and how does it yeah. go so yeah so I dropped everything I was like okay well that's it I'm just gonna have a free bed <laughs> I was like so happy you know but uh, I did something very stupid of me because I was very naive at that point I was really a baby like like the version you see today of me it's oh my gosh goddess really you know but I was a baby and so sure. what I did is I told my colleagues and I told my manager and I'm like, hey, you can free birth. Uh, <laughs> and my no. colleagues, the first thing she said to me is like, yeah, but what if you kill your baby? Yeah. And your uh, baby's like dead. Yeah. And I'm like, and like, if you're not like in the system, you don't like really know. But this kind of conversation, it's like every day. You know, you could kill your baby. Your baby could die. This can happen. This other thing can happen. Like it's very normal, this type yeah. of. I guess yeah, talking to women that are pregnant, you know, mm -hmm. but I was pregnant as well. <laughs> and I was very fragile at that point. And um, I understood very quickly that I had to protect my space. And so from that on, from that day, I was like, yeah, that's fine. I will birth at the hospital. So I just said that I was going to birth at the hospital. But I, I knew that I wasn't going to birth at the hospital. I told mm -hmm. my husband, I got him ready. I said, we need to do this. How but, worried uh, were, were you about the fibroids? Like, did that oh, nah. mess with you at all? Nah. Okay. Nah. <laughs> nah. Like, honestly, when she said that for me, I was like, this is just an excuse. Because okay. that's silly, you know? Like, all women have fibroids. And we do, we do know that during pregnancy, they can become a little bit bigger because of the hormones. So I was like, oh. I don't care, you know, like it wasn't a bit, for me, it was like something so silly that I'm like, I can't believe you're telling me I can't birth at home for the possibility that oh, maybe. 100%. 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you're speaking to a midwife, you know what I mean? So I was like, no, like, no, no, really. So, and you're um, speaking to a disillusioned midwife. Yeah. <laughs> right. Specifically. <laughs> yeah. So I, just, I was like, no, 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 no. Okay. So, so what you, happened there you is. It, um, yeah. You lock it down. You're like, oh, shit. This is a totally different terrain. I'm not telling anyone. Of course, I'm in a birth at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to do that, though, because I didn't want to. I didn't want them to know anything about me in the hospital where I was working. <laughs> I went to another hospital to do a booking in visit. Mm -hmm. so it's just a visit. You say you're pregnant. Yes. Okay. You good. Bye. So went into the visit. So I'm quite small, short. I'm like about 155, 156 centimeters. So I grow my belly at the front, right? <laughs> so the obstetrician looks at me and she's like, and he's like, oh my gosh, 
Your belly is so big. I don't think this baby is going to come out vaginally. We need to do a scan. Like that. What would a scan show? Like, it's such a, it's such a dumb freaking thing. Oh, I know. And keep in mind, I was already 36 weeks there, you know, so I was ready, you know. So I said, okay, that's fine. Just, I didn't want to do any drama at that point because I was so in tune with my plan that I was like, I'm not going to make anybody ruin it. So I said, that's fine. Just give me this slip. I took this slip left the hospital, put it in the bin, went back home, and just kept doing my thing. Oh, right? girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thing. So I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And then um, around 40 weeks, roughly 40, maybe plus one day, plus two, I don't even know. Um, the contraction started. So before actually the contraction started, I said to my husband, I think we're going to have a baby tomorrow. He's like, what do you mean? I said, no, 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 no. I think we're going to have a baby tomorrow. So I said, let's go for a walk. We went for a walk, came home. We had some spicy food. And then uh, I used some clary sage. I said, let's just have this clary sage. And tomorrow we're having a baby. He's like, okay. Because my husband is in defense. So the 25th, he had to go on March. So we're like, we need to have the baby before the 25th of April. Oh, goodness. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) so I was like yeah yeah we're gonna have a baby we're gonna have a baby so anyway on the night of the 24th I started having my contractions and they were just normal like Braxton X I would say and it was about midnight so I didn't wake up anybody because I used to have those all night so I was like Uh sounds pretty normal to me and then um I think around, I started like turning on the shower because I was like, I'll just go in the shower and see whether they go away or not. Because I'm like, I always say to women, just go in the shower. If they go away, then that's fine. So I'll jump in the shower. So went into the shower and they were still there. So I woke up my husband around 1 a.m. And I said, I think I'm starting to be in labor. So maybe just start, you know, the bowl, the candle, like all this thing. Like I just want to everything perfect because I was like nothing has to ruin the best day of our life you know like nothing so around one so I was feeling well to be honest I was feeling well I was happy I was dancing I was I was smiling I was so full of joy you know and for me I was not in labor yet but at one point I throw up so when I threw up, uh, actually, my mom woke up because my mom was here from Italy. So mm-hmm. she woke up and she's like, are you OK? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, I just threw up. Fine. Right. So the contraction started and they were just coming, but not painful. Like there was nothing painful at, at that point. So I said to my husband, look, I've been a midwife for 10 years. I know how these things go. I'm a primate. So I was talking to him. <laughs> As a midwife, right? Medical professional. I'm like, I'm a primate. This is my first baby. You know, it could go for 36 hours. So how about you go and take a camera? We'll take some pictures. I'll t- put some clothes on. But I said, let me just check before you go. So I put my finger <laughs> to see how many centimeters I was. And I could feel the head of the baby, but I could <laughs> feel the cervixes. I was like, like this, like two, two to three centimeters. I'm like, ah. That's fine. Just go. So I send him out. It's 2.15. Send him out. 
And then I was just like drying myself and getting ready. And then at one point, I just beard out and yell yeah. and the head came out. <laughs> oh my God. So my husband like quickly come in and he took a picture of the, just of the head. And he's like, what the? And then I'm like, Ugh. and that's it. And the baby was out. That is chill. That's it. But so I there was no, I also no pain. Love, no, I, no, nothing. No pushing. Nothing. <laughs> this is amazing. I also love the medical midwife in you, in the room, <laughs> doing what they all do, thinking that the centimeters means anything, you know? And and like talking yourself out of it. So That's naive. So funny. <laughs> wow. And his little head just comes right out. So how from 1 p.m. When is it? Uh, sorry, 1 a.m. When is it now <laughs> that he's born? 218. <laughs> that is fast. Very. But pain free. Yeah. Amazing. It's no pain. Nothing. So I was like, oh, this was like so easy. I'm like, I can't believe I just did this, you know? It wow. was extremely easy. And as I, when he came out, he didn't even cry. That freaked me out because mm. I'm used to like baby coming out and just crying. Came out and just looked at me like that. Peaceful. Peaceful. And I was like, I didn't know that babies could be born like, just like looking at you. And, yeah. and that was it. Wow. And that was it. And then the placenta came as well, like two minutes after. There was no bleeding, nothing like it was all good. Wow. Um, it was just a very quick, like, yeah, quick, fast. Amazing. Fast. So I knew I needed some stitches. So I did go later mm. to get the stitches. Um, and it turned out that it was a third degree, but it was like a physiological third degree so it wasn't like they just put stitches and everything was normal went back um I discharged myself actually they're like oh no you have to stay here two nights with a catheter and everything and I was like no yeah, so yeah. I went got a syringe got my catheter out and I said give me the paper I'm out <laughs> and are you <laughs> look out. are you now because that was what five years ago or that four was years? yeah four years and a four half years ago. ago so are you like hip to the the truth about vaginal tearing now that like you didn't need that? And like, yeah, of course, that, yeah, that will yeah. heal. And Look, you just when I know. when uh, when everything happened, I was like, wow, I got a third degree. I'm like, no, just take a picture. I do not believe you. And they took a picture and it was a third degree. And that was like it was so fine, honestly, that because when like whenever I saw third degree, they were provoked. I mean, an episiotomy extended, a forcep, a ventus, like provoked third degree. So those are like nasty. Mm -hmm. Mine was, I don't know, just a normal tear, I guess. Like just a tear. And I always say to women, don't be scared of tear because you'll be fine. But you, (laughs) but I, I mean, like, do you now know four years later that the sutures weren't Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, that you yeah. would have totally healed. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, this like this whole thing that we're all doing of just like 
just like climbing out of our medical programming and our, our conditioning and just every, every year and every baby, we just learn so much. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. So you go and then you come back and that sounds like somewhat undramatic. Yeah. And so, and then who are you now? Like now you have this free birth and baby, you're a registered midwife and what happens next? I breastfeed the baby for 21 months <laughs> naturally <laughs> so I was just like being a mom and then I was like and then you know COVID hit uh, my husband went uh, away for seven months uh, whoa and I thought, mm, yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah so um, I was here by myself with my kid couldn't leave Australia so I was like okay cool. I'll just go I'll go back and work so I was just doing part-time like two days a week and uh, it just kept me sane, really. <laughs> I uh-huh. needed something at that point. But when he was back, I was like, I was like I'm ready. Let's go again. <laughs> and so I was ready. So I fell pregnant. And uh, during my, I was really sick. So I had to go to the hospital around eight weeks because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't even open my eyes. I couldn't even walk. So I went in there and they're like, oh, we're just going to do a scan. And I'm like, no, you don't need any scan right what now. Did you- what did you go in there for? What did you want them to do? Fluids. Just needed mm-hmm. some fluids because I was throwing up like anything, everything. Like I could not keep down like anything. It was yeah. it, it was crazy. Um, so I just wanted some fluids so I could go home and keep living my life. Um, and so, yeah, so they gave me fluids, went home. And then a couple of weeks after I went in for my first scan and surprise, they were twins. <laughs> so I cried and I was happy, but I also cried a lot. Of course, because, so intense. Because I wanted to have a free birth again. And I was like, well, now I need to have a Caesar and I have to have, you know, scan every two weeks. They have to measure the babies, the placenta, oh the flaws. <laughs> This was going all through my head, you know. This mm-hmm. was me. Um, and then I was like, I was going to work. And I'm like, I went on your podcast. And I'm like, let me see. Twin free bird. And then someone had free bird, the twin. Of course. I think someone in Hawaii, so if, I'm, uh, if I can remember right. Uh, someone from Hawaii. And so I listened to this story and I went down the rabbit hole and I'm like what you can actually free birth twins like naturally at your home by yourself and so I started like researching and just informing myself educating myself and I was like so you're telling me that I don't need to have a Caesar I don't need to have all these cans and I can also have my free birth the same way I did with my son. And As in I'm fact, like... that's the <laughs> safest, healthiest possible route you could take. Yeah, it is. Right? Like you think the hospital's dangerous for a medical midwife, black woman, all the stuff with a singleton. <laughs> They're going to just put you in surgery and risk your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, for me, 
I was like, I'd rather die than have a Caesar. That was me, you know, and I was like, no, 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 no. So, so I didn't tell my husband straight away. Um, I was going to prepare him for this. I think it was a big, bigger thing than, you know, with Milo because there were two, there were twins. And so what happened is we went for the morphology scan and we were just like kind of, we were still into the COVID situation, you know? Mm. So I'm sitting, waiting for my morphology scan. And let's say the room is about 20 meters from when I'm, where I'm sitting with my husband. And they're like, oh, he can't come in. <laughs> I'm like, why? Oh, well, you know, new rules, policy, mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, who do you think put these babies in me? And he's sitting next to me. I mean, like, it's that's not okay. about you. Ask, whatever, you know? It's not even about you it's also not about logic yeah as we exactly (laughs) so i kind of had a panic attack then and i just realized that if there is something that i really want is the support of my husband yeah and that day i really made the decision and i said you know what i tell you what we'll do the scan and then you never see me again and that was it that disappeared Nobody knew what I was doing mm-hmm. unless you check my Instagram. So I didn't do any more scan. I didn't do any more antenatal visits. And I just lived my life, <laughs> lived my pregnancy, went to the beach every second day and um, listened to your podcast every day. And then there was also another group on Facebook, reading to stories and uh, trusting my babies, trusting my body. And, uh, yeah, and I was ready for my next free birth. Mm. Okay, take um, us into it. How, how yeah. does that all go? <laughs> so I think the pregnancy with the twins, it's been very challenging. Not challenging for, like, yes, my body, but challenging because I received a lot of negativity. Mm. Uh, people were saying to me, you are so crazy. You're going to kill your babies. Uh, you are so dangerous. Uh, wow. It's been really hard and very difficult to, because at that point I had already 300,000 followers on TikTok and, you know, lots more. Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> oh, so this was all online, what you're referencing. So were you public? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let me make that. Let me make sure I have that. So you were public on your social media about that your plan to free birth twins? At that point, yes. Oh, well, of course it was insane. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, that they love that. At that point, yes, I was public. So <clears throat> what happened is that at one point I was like, okay, I need to I need to really, you know, protect my space yeah. now. Protect my energy, protect my babies. Uh, and so I kind of like disconnected a little bit from everybody. <clears throat> and that was really good. I was really happy about it. And um, people thought that, you know, I would never get to past 37 weeks. So Christmas Day, I'm like 37 weeks. And everybody's like, Merry Christmas. Are you pregnant yet? Are, are you still pregnant? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm still pregnant. Really, really pregnant. So after that, I was about 38 weeks and two days. And I said to my husband, okay, we're ready to have the babies. That's it. 
because New Year's Eve was gone and everything was fine. They were past the 38 weeks. Like I wanted them to come after 38 weeks because, yeah. you know, a lot of time between 37 weeks, a little bit like, oh, they don't suck well at <laughs> the breast. And I wanted to breastfeed as well. So but I said, they your, your reference point with twins is surgical twins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I've seen physiologically born twins at 35, 36, 37 weeks, and they suck just fine. Yeah. You know, but the damage of of the assembly line in surgery is is profound. Yeah. And that I know and I think like it's has to do with a lot of things, you know, like everything that is just putting, you know, this stress, this scan, like the ultrasound, like all mm -hmm. of that, you know, together. So I just stayed away from everything. 38 weeks and two days. I'm like, okay, we're ready. Gonna have a baby. Babies tomorrow. <laughs> I said to my husband. So went to the beach, had a nice day at the beach, did some squat in the water, came home, went for a walk again because I know what works. And then uh, he burned the sage. I'm like, yeah, sage is gonna <laughs> do the thing. <laughs> so I burned the sage, we went to bed and then around 4 a.m., I, my water broke mm -hmm. while I was in the bed. So I just ran into the bathroom and then like just as in the movie, splash all the water like on the ground, right? And that, again, my midwife came up, you know, I'm panicking because I'm like, oh my gosh, I broke my water. It's no contraction. Like this is going to take forever. I'm going to sit here three days waiting for this contraction. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, you are coming now <laughs> I was talking to the babies so I started squatting using some clary sage walking like doing all the things just because I was like no I'm so tired like I'm not staying here waiting for you that's it it's go time and then at 5 a.m I had my first contraction I was so happy wow. like this it felt like a contraction like like it wasn't painful but it felt different from the Braxton X so I was like oh Yes. So I woke up my husband. I said, hey, 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 we're going to have babies. So I woke him up. And then after five minutes, I have another contraction. And then after five minutes, and then it's about 5.20. And I've had about four contractions. And I said to my husband, maybe go and wake up my mom so that, you know, we are all here. Because my mom, there's a lot of story back. But just to make it short, my mom had twins. So I have twin sisters. Um, however, yeah, when uh, she was having, she had the first one, it was kind of an accident, baby just came out, but with the second, everybody panicked in the room, they oh, put no. her to sleep, and oh. they did like a, a long longitudinal, so a vertical um, incision. And so oh she my god! Mm, this was in Italy, so she woke up, no babies not knowing where she was. Uh, they also left half of the placenta inside. So oh. she had to go back. She had an infection. The babies were in the NICU, which was like three kilometers away from where she was. So for her, wow, there was a lot of trauma there, you know, and I wanted and I needed this birth to go the way I wanted to for me and for her. So I woke up. So I said to my husband, it's 5.20. I've had four contractions. Go and get her. So my husband go and get her. And the first baby comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Did she get to see the first one? Nobody was there. Just me. 
I was like, what? Oh and they're God. like, what happened? What happened? No, they came she, and I was like, <laughs> does she live with you or she just was staying because no. of the baby? She came from Italy just for oh, the right. baby. She lives yeah. in Italy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She came from Italy for the babies to be with me for three months because in my mom, she's from Nigeria. And in Nigeria, when your daughter like becomes a mom, as her mother, you have the duty to, you know, be there for the post- for the birth and the postpartum. Beautiful. So yeah, so she came for for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the first baby came out, came, come out, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's no picture, there's no video again. <laughs> she was fine, just the cord was uh, short, so I was planning to keep everything attached. But unfortunately, the cord was too short, so we had to cut. So we cut the cord, and uh, because during the scan they told me there were two placenta, I was waiting for the placenta. Mm. But the placenta didn't come, so I said, uh, I think I need to focus for the second twin. So I gave the baby to my husband, and then I said to my husband, can you just like put the camera so that you know we can at, at least have a video of the second twin? Then I'm like, just take some pictures of me in the meantime. <laughs> and this is like 535. Having this pain-free for contraction birth. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> so this is like 535. And the contraction started to pick up again, finally. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready and I'm ready. And the second baby uh, was breech. So I was waiting for a breech baby. Uh, what happened is I had a cramp in my leg, so I bear down and as I bear down, I could see my mom that she was scared. Mm-hmm. She was very scared in that moment, you know, and it's like I was about to birth, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so I look at my mom and I said, mom, you have to get out. Yeah. You have to get out. And so in that moment. Um, she got out, she just went out and as, as she stepped out of the bathroom, the baby came out. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. And that's the video that everybody saw, I've seen. It's just a video of the baby, like just coming out, you know, that I'm just like putting the baby up like that because literally the baby just flew out and that was it. And she was head down. She wasn't breech. Uh-huh. So she must have turned maybe, who knows. But she was head down. She was uh, sunny side, posterior. Didn't even notice that. Someone told me not long ago. I was like, oh, really? Uh, Well. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) And uh, after that, I cuddled the babies. Had to cut the cord because the cord was too short. Cuddled the babies. And then I'm like, okay, we got to get these two placentas because there's two more placentas to come. And then I felt something really big and I thought it was a third baby. I'm like, oh my oh gosh, my what, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what is this? And all of a sudden, one gigantic yeah. placenta comes out. Connected, yeah. Like that. And I was like, oh my they're gosh. They're huge. Yeah, they're huge. Huge. Wow. Huge. Beautiful. And that was it. I bet that felt like a third baby. I wonder it how was much really that big. puppy weighed. <laughs> Gosh. So one came out, then the, and you cut the cord, and then the mm-hmm. other came out, and you cut the cord, mm-hmm. and then the placenta came out, and it was too fused. 
essentially? Well, we will never really know because okay. it looked like one placenta to me. But let's say maybe they fused. But we will really never know because if you looked at, like I've seen fused placenta and that looks like one placenta. Yeah, but, but they we both kind of really have know. their like, well, like I've seen, I've seen twin placentas where it's like two, like the umbilical cord insertion is there's two on one mm -hmm. big one versus mm. like two placentas that come together mm. and they're like their own big old placenta yeah. and there's a fusion yeah. point. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I think like even like because then <clears throat> after three hours I went into the hospital and you they did? didn't know even. Mm? Why? Oh, <clears throat> I had them. <laughs> So what happened there? Well, this is a bit of a backstory. So I was so scared because I told I told myself that I was not going to have like a, just a quick birth. I wanted to I wanted to like control like the end of the birth because I didn't want to have like a third degree. I wanted to have like a small degree, so I was I was going to stay at home. But the birth was so quick that I was like, no, I did it again. So my fear was that I had split more mm. than before because of the two babies. Mm. My husband couldn't see. My mom couldn't see. I couldn't see. My belly was still really big. <laughs> I couldn't mm. bend. So I said, all right, you know what? We'll go to the hospital. So I called them. I said, look, I'm just going to have eggs. going to have breakfast. going to breastfeed the babies. And then I'll come and see you. You check down there. And then I go. Plus, it was really easy for paperwork as well. So I went in, got my paperwork. They checked. It was a tiny, tiny one, you know, not, it wasn't, it wasn't a third one. So I said, yeah, that's fine. You can put stitches and then I'll go. So they put maybe one or two stitches. I don't know what they did, but I was like, okay, I'm going. So then I left and came home and the baby slept for like 10 hours. <laughs> and so, and so I did. I. Did they just stay home <laughs> with mom or dad? Yeah. Mom. No, they came. Yeah, yeah, they came with me. Kids oh, came, came with me. Yeah, yeah, they came with me. And then we came back home. And then uh, that was it. I breastfed wow. them, had a lot of milk. Um, each twin had the, the breast. Mm -hmm. Um, they fed so well. One of the twin uh has uh, a tongue tie. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't even notice at the hospital. I noticed because uh, she was chewing on my uh, right. on my nipple, you know. But that that was fine. Like she's she's attached really well. She breastfed until thirteen months. Then she weaned herself mm -hmm. out, which was very sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the other one is still breastfeeding. So and how old are they? They are twenty one months now. Okay, so they're gonna be two in January. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yes. And I think the the next part of the story is that for me, this birth was like, I felt like I was reborn. I was reborn as a, as a mother, as a woman, as, and as a midwife. Like I, I truly understood what type of work I want to do in this world now as a midwife and it's very different from what I learned because I've got two degrees in midwifery. It's very different from what I learned and from what I did, you know. And now I, I know what I want to do, of course. But unfortunately, after the birth of my twins, 
I had a lot of negativity, a lot of people coming at me <clears throat> and it was not easy at all. Um, and so that was, you know, the other side where people were like, but what if, what if that happened? What if that, what is that? It was really dangerous what you did. You shouldn't talk about it and la 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 and all of that. And that is also why like for one year around for about one year, I was just like, shall I tell my story? Like, shall I let people know that actually you can do this? Actually, we are meant to do this. Actually, like our body can do anything if we let it do and if we trust it, you know, and it took me like a very long time. And then I went to Bali and I had my vision, let's say that way in Bali. And I was like, no, I need I need to talk. I need to speak. And I need people to know that you can have a beautiful birth. Like you absolutely can. And for me, I cannot even imagine where I would be or what person I would be if I haven't had this birth with my kids, you know? Totally. They were, oh my gosh, transformational, transformational. And like that kind of stuff, like the the what if and oh my god it's so dangerous like it's beneath you Mm. like it just it it's nothing it's gnats on a windshield it's nothing because only completely indoctrinated you know like agents of industrial allopathy are gonna troll concern you know concern troll you like that like it's not even interesting i mean that's how i feel now like (laughs) it's like somebody saying somebody saying like but what if is so ignorant and and um like low consciousness and it's only speaking from their own unknowing right that's like someone who knows birth someone who knows themselves doesn't give their agency over to the state period you know someone who knows themselves an embodied woman an embodied mother doesn't show up at a facility and surrender herself and her baby so when when you know the system anyone within it which is everyone sees women like you it's like it's like it doesn't fit into the reality that they have been groomed into, right? And of course you must speak because unfortunately so many women and mothers have been caught up in the evil web of this. They're not they're not idiots. They're not um trolling you. They just genuinely don't know. And that's what this podcast has really done, right? Is is like, oh shit, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of women now that are are just, you know, trailblazing this lighting this this new path. Anyway, I mean, this is this is I want everyone to hear this because anyone, any one of you who's going to do anything like this publicly is going to get the same little collection of bullshit and an embodied woman ultimately is willing to learn how to generate our own sense of approval right so that we can stand in our truth and if you are a woman who still really cares what everyone else thinks 
that's your work because you're not living a life for yourself yet. And when you do, like the path gets shown, right? It's it's not complicated. And there's so much, you know, here for us in motherhood, in pregnancy to wake up to. Yeah. I love your story. So would you say more before we end about how this has changed your midwifery vision? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> It has changed in a way that um, I thought to myself, and look, like this is like the truth. I thought to myself, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back into the system and then I'm going to try and change things in the system, right? Uh-huh. And I go? did it for like four months and I'm like, F no. this, no. <laughs> I am out of here. Yeah. Like, hey, look, look, girlfriend, if you can't birth there, you can't work there. <laughs> right. right. I, <laughs> I was just like, what, what, nah, like, what is going on? You know, it was just like, yeah, no, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Like, I tried and I just feel like, and you know, like what I was saying to someone today, you know, it's like, literally, it's like you saying, hey, we're just going to hell and we're going to try and make the devil change their mind. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. So now the work that I do, it's all from the outside. Um, I try to do it like through social media as well a lot uh, and just try to educate a little bit more uh, women because as you said, I think like, and even for me, I just did not know, you know, mm -hmm. and so I truly know that there is a lot of women out there that they just don't mm -hmm. know. And not just that, they just living from a place of fear, of course. And then when there is fear, everything is clouded. And for me, I'm like, you know what? With my twins, I had such a strong intuition. Like I, I visioned the birth. Like I knew the birth was going to be that way. I told my mom, I told my friend, I told my sister, and it and it went exactly that way. So I had such a level of intuition that I'm like, what if women all had this level of intuition yeah. without all the noise? That means that you could actually tell me when something is wrong. Mm -hmm. You could actually tell me when you know that everything is fine. Yeah. And so I guess my work now, it's kind of gotten deeper. So I am working more with women to help them to find that intuition, especially during pregnancy, to be able to tune with the babies because, you know, birth is like an initiation, initiation for you as a mother and for the baby as well. And we don't want the women to be in a trauma and the baby to be in trauma because that then get past for future generations. So I guess my work now, it's more there. It's not clinic anymore. It's not clinic at all. It's all on another level. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. How could it not be? Right? Like you can't have those birth experiences get initiated into the ecstasy of birth and the possibility of birth and the reality of birth and then go back to an inherently abusive hierarchical hierarchical dynamic with women that just yeah, like, doesn't no. make sense i know? really don't even have the energy i've got three kids you know <laughs> yeah well it's not in alignment with what you know to be true 
Yeah. No. Yeah. Amazing. Any oh, yeah. so how can women find you? I'm sure they'll want to. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of different social media, but for the English speaking, mm-hmm. um, it's your underscore holistic midwife. So okay. you will see English content there. Cool. Yeah. And that's Instagram? Instagram, yeah. And yeah. TikTok as well. TikTok is BB your holistic midwife. So okay. yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you staying up late so that I could hear your story and <laughs> thank you so much for having one. me and like I knew this day was going to come because when I was listening to the stories I'm like I'm gonna go on that podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell the story of my twins <laughs> yeah all of it and the midwifery evolution is so powerful because yeah. I know a lot of medical midwives listen to this podcast and they make up that they're stuck and it's not true it's just not true. Everything is a choice, you know? And so yeah. hopefully this it is, will it is inspire everything. It is a choice. And, oh. you know, uh, for me, like what I can say, and look, I've, I've got like all my friends, midwives, they don't work in the system. We all mm. do our things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Same. there are lots of us out <laughs> there and it's just a matter of, yeah, making a decision and just go with it and it's going to be fine. Like it will be fine. You know, like we are doing the right things. We are on the right path. We just have to keep going and trusting, trusting women. Well, right. And it's like when you are on your deathbed, what do you want to say about what you contributed to the world? And do you want to say that you spent the majority of your life upholding industrial birth? Or do you want to say that you were one of the women that stood for women and stood for babies and stood for health and stood for embodiment? And it just it just doesn't have to be that complicated of a of a decision, really. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Thank you so, so, so much. It was so nice to connect. I hope you enjoyed the show today. You can support this podcast by donating to it on freebirthsociety.com and leaving an awesome review on whatever platform you listen on. The more reviews, the more visibility the show gets. So let's spread the word of sovereign birth. We've always got a lot going on at Free Birth Society, and you can find out about all of it at freebirthsociety.com, at freebirthsociety on Instagram, and opt in to my newsletter below in the show notes. We offer courses on free birth, authentic midwifery, and the blood mysteries, as well as one-on-one coaching, in-person retreats, and of course, our annual women's festival. Our exclusive vetted private membership is definitely something to check out if you're looking for a community of wise sisters. Together we rise. We must speak our stories, claim our lives, and support one another. This is the living revolution, and I am so grateful to be in it with all of you. I'll leave you with our epic Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. 
I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear, we choose love, everything with intention, death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the stars.